I think the cold open should be that I've never recorded lame like next to you. It's deeply. It's gonna be. I, I'm fine. Where do you usually? How is? How do you? Where, where is that? Lame, like, like like this. this okay, I'm I figured. facing Aaron. Um, so I'm gonna have to just not look at Aaron, and Aaron's not gonna. And it's easy no, for I'm me. I'm going to look at you. But I'm so. I know I'm so deeply attractive. Um, that it's gonna be very actually. Well, difficult we're for both. You to, we're uh, both. Jenny and I were both tens. I would say. Yeah. Um, I would venture to say I'm <laughs> ten and a half, and Jenry is a close. 10.25 oh, okay alright alright fine um, I don't know is, uh, is, is, on was, that, that was that good for you was that good for you is that what you wanted sure and on that note you're uh, listening to lame the Lexington ADU Marxist experience nice. I'm Aaron oh, that's some real Herman and Jolie shit I'm Jenry and we have a guest and I'm Blake Hall that's right the guy we will refer to every once in a while um is actually here on the podcast wow stay tuned for next episode where we have peter Bourne on the podcast against his will i'll ask him god he wouldn't (laughs) (laughs) if if you want to be lectured oh my god no Uh, well it's that was embarrassing i can't believe i thought he was a street sweeper that's so <laughs> it's Lexington street sweeper. Why would I think otherwise? Anyway, it's the 27th of August, 2021. Uh, we have socials. You can follow us on Twitter at lame pod. You can email us at lexlamepod at gmail.com. And we have stickers too. I just sent out a couple of stickers today and, uh, they're coming, you know, they're going, they're coming, they're going. And, uh, if you Fulton, want, it's great. It's terrific. If you want them, they're out. great. They're designed by, by Claire Thompson, clairethompsonart.com. Uh, I have a little bit of a of a Lexington story. Okay, cool. For, yeah, great. Go ahead. Break the today. format. Go ahead. Right. Well, um, I was uh, spending some time today or this past week around. Um, I guess that's like District Eleven, um, and so like like Beaumont, Harrisburg. Where, guys, where outside is, the circle? I don't care. I know one. <laughs> that two. Where's the map when we need it? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I was I was spending some time around like Harrisburg Road, like South End, and um, I went into the Beaumont Kroger Marketplace, and I see this guy, uh-huh. uh, representing the Herald Leader, just approaching customers and asking them, "Hey, would you like to sign up for the newspaper?" <laughs> oh God! So they're not even reporting. No, I like some to, guy. It's not Chisholm Hall. No, no, it was just some old guy, and he had his little booth set up like oh, nice. right at the entrance, and he was trying to he was trying to get people to sign up for the Herald Leader. He was like he's like uh, getting customers as they're coming in. This Kroger. this can't be the first time we've talked about it, but I think it's the Kansas City Star that's uh, gone gone into a full nonprofit. Um, they've turned into a five one c nonprofit. Herald Leader, if you want people to read, um, stop trying to generate a profit like for shareholders of the herald leader don't set up at the beaumont crook <laughs> yeah also don't gotta get there for the senior hour I yeah know. and then and then to make it even more insane i like walk in and then i see like on the tv there there's this uh clip of the beaumont kroger from no. like guys grocery games what um on like the food network oh weird and okay. it was it was like it was like bizarre like seeing the guy like seeing the guy who's trying to sell the herald leader in person was one thing yeah but then seeing seeing the guys' grocery games at the Beaumont Kroger was just like surreal, and there's, I'm like, this is 1990. I mean, there's all, there's always just weird shit. I mean, like at the Euclid Kroger, uh, no one pays attention to it, but like the images of just like that like uh, Bowman cat statue, mm-hmm. and just like just weird shit like that. Mm-hmm. They're not Kroger, not our friends, um, <laughs> but interesting. So Herald Leader, you're on notice. Um, 
you have to seriously up your game or else uh, we're going to, in the next uh, coming years, we'll have to read nothing but the Epoch Times newspaper to <laughs> the comment The new circle circular <laughs> whenever yeah. they um, update their next article. <laughs> yeah, okay, this is our CV. We're officially putting in our CV to work at the new circle circular. <laughs> I forgot about that one. <laughs> I know, it's been years since I've read them. I miss them. Um, anyway, uh, something I don't miss, um, uh, the novel coronavirus. Uh, this is, um, folks... <laughs> I feel bad if when I don't talk about it on lame because um, uh, Andy Bashir is obviously really feeling the heat because, of course, um, Franklin County schools have uh, gone online. And um, uh, the most fucked thing a part of, of it is that in order to go online, they have to use <laughs> use five of their 10 allocated like non-traditional like instruction days. Which, it's like the rain days. Uh, not even. It's so um, they have a separate bucket now. Yeah, they've been the lex so. the, the our you know the uh, legislative general assembly who um, have I've uh, I've now lovingly referred to as the um, legislative Soviet. Um, the it, one of these days they will form their own executive branch. I'm personally waiting. Uh, it's in the works. They're already check out the pre pre piled bills. Yeah, there. <laughs> um, but. Anyway, they have, in order to prevent schools from going online, they have established a quota for the amount of times a school can go online. And if Franklin County School goes more than, or any uh, uh, like a school goes for more than 10 days on, um, online, uh, they're, I don't know, they lose their accreditation, they, they face budget losses, I mean, whatever you can do, you know, punitively to a school district, um, which is awesome um super great we love to we love to see um that the death cult is growing up more and more advanced um oh did we cover this in the last episode uh um andy Bashir's uh mask mandate for schools was shot down yes that was um, side B. yeah that was cool that was great um nothing happened now my mother was was very was very pleased with this um actually uh, someone who works in a school, <laughs> um, which is, you know, super fucked up. Um, of course, uh, with at record high COVID cases and, um, probably for the last five lame episodes, we've been at record high COVID cases. So, I mean, we have not folks never say we've peaked. Um, we, uh, have Railbird coming up. Um, my morning jacket will uh, come back together after um, a decade of silence from us and um, will promptly give us all COVID, which is awesome. <laughs> Thank you, my morning jacket. Thank you, my morning jacket. Um, That's right, because they're not requiring proof of vaccination. No, they're just they doing do it. it. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. going to be fun. Well, they've already pushed it back once, and you can't keep – you can't keep uh, – Railbird 2019 was so cool. They're like, we can never – we can't lose this. Um, and well, it's as the Republican death cult intended. Yeah, it's got some it's big all part rise. of the plan. That's why Japanese breakfast is there because she's part of the uh, <laughs> Republican death cult. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, you uh, can um, University of Kentucky. You now uh, everyone, even employees, if you haven't been uh, vaccinated, you'll be doing uh, weekly tests. Um, so. Uh, Eli Capaluto and his, um, I think in the email he gave out, which I'm not, I didn't even bother putting in to read, but it was like, uh, um, he's like, we're talking with many levels, you know, lots of talking, lots of teams, 
Um, if you ever read those emails, like I might even try and find them and read them to you all from like a like March 2020s, like we're starting like 70 different teams, which all work in different workflows and together, and we will come to an answer. Um, and yet they still improved all of it. Uh, but you know what? It's cool. Um, Whereas Transy has a mandate now. Yeah, Transy just did it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's that's the listen. That is the behavior we expect um, to come from Jefferson Davis's alma mater. Um, the Confederacy would require COVID vaccinations, and that is something we can't. <laughs> that's something. We, that's something we can't um, ignore here. Uh, no comment. <laughs> no, <laughs> no one's willing to support me. I, I don't need to be canceled on my first like podcast appearance. I know. It's, yeah, Blake. What is your? I mean, uh, so we haven't introduced you intentionally. Yeah. Um, I guess because I uh, feel like I've been partially introduced, like through multiple episodes. Yeah. My wife refers to this as my fan club podcast. Oh, that's good. Um, I hate that. <laughs> We're gonna, all part of the William Cinematic Universe. Well, folks, it's been a, it's this. been an honor doing this podcast over the last year, but uh, I'm going to be announcing my retirement. Thank you for participating in the lame experience. This is a, yeah, the University of Kentucky has conducted this. <laughs> the university, you're, you're, no further uh, participation is required. Thank you for your yeah. uh, involvement. This is um, actually all $13 million of the Department of Defense money that was going to UK was actually funding this podcast. The ARPA, um, ARPA survey was, in fact, the advanced research project. <laughs> it, was, it was DARPA all along. Um, but I... In, in, I, I, I so there we have, we have two big bullet points that I expect. I've only written one line for each, but I think it's going to be uh, a lot. <laughs> oh, then of we have this. a third one here too that I added here. Um, it's this third one that we're going to get to. That's like our local supreme or national. The national. national. Oh well. Way to way to way to us. way to infect my side over here, Jesus! This one's gonna be a downer. You're, I can't <laughs> believe you're you're editing the agenda in a union house like this. I mean, Jesus Christ knows your. Oh, Charlie um, supported me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Worker yeah. empowerment. Mm-hmm. It was outvoted. So, uh, Blake, what is your? I mean, like, what is your? What is your spiel? Um, because I don't know. I mean, what 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 is what is up with you? Yeah. So mainly, I don't know. You post on Twitter about how you buy a professional poster. No, um, kind of, but, uh, no, it has absolutely nothing to do with my day job, which is like, I'm a software engineer, Mm -hmm. but, um, Intel pro. Yeah. No, I actually used to work for Granicus, which God, Lexington yeah. uses their, so I'm sorry. Oh, tell me, tell me about it. Um, <laughs> not all of it. I only worked on boards and commissions, gotcha. but, um, yeah. So mainly just an advocate for better urban design, street design, everything in that umbrella. Yeah. So that's well, the cliff notes as much as I can. Ideological janitor. Yes. Yeah, ideological janitor. That's my, as... my Twitter bio now. <laughs> this is <laughs> this podcast and the effects on Blake Hall's Twitter account. Um, so, and uh, the reason I want this uh, brief thing is that um, is that this is the greatest ever. Um, this is the greatest ever uh, uh, overlap between our podcasts and your Twitter interests. Um, is of course when Amazon decided to blow up the Legacy Trail. <sighs> so, it's not. I didn't read much. I mostly just saw the headline that it's being delayed till October. Yeah, it's just because of construction delays. Like Amazon just said, construction delays. I don't know fully what's going on. I didn't. I still don't understand why this happened to begin with. Because I, yeah, I feel I like 
you have an easement saying, hey, you can have the, buy this property, but you know, the city owns essentially the right to this way and you can't impede that. Mm-hmm. But I guess because there's no way to get there to like develop it, they're like, okay, we, cause they're going to install like also a culvert for bikes, nice. which nice to like get across, which, so you don't cross the driveway or both of their driveways, which I <laughs> can't do an at grade crossing with Amazon employees. <laughs> Yeah, so now you get to... I'm surprised. I, I want to know who at the Herald Leader decided to call it a culvert rather than just say, like, a tunnel, because I feel yeah. like one of those things is... I mean, hey, throw yeah. us in the ditch. You're going to be biking through a pipe. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm actually curious if the... Because, uh, I you know, when they first were like, yeah, we're going to move the uh, we're gonna move the trail to another part of the property, I was like, are they going to put it behind it um, or something? And then I was like, okay, they're putting it underground. I need to see the development plan. I don't yeah. understand how it's working. I would love to know what the legacy trails destruction and relocation, if that has anything to do with um, how the organizing effort went in at uh, Amazon's Bessemer, Alabama um, things. Cause they got, um, cause Amazon got the uh, municipal government there to retime the traffic lights. Um, wow. So you couldn't, and when you were waiting to make a left or like, like to go out from the Amazon facility, um, uh, you, the organizers were trying to meet people in their cars as they were going and Amazon had to retime the lights to um, prioritize people leaving faster. Um, and I'm sure an at grade crossing with a cyclist would be, um, would be, uh, I guess, simply unthinkable. I wonder if you could even reasonably cycle there. Or if you're just immediately thrown into like a tunnel, like if you worked at the, you know, all the yeah. jobs they're talking about, this mm-hmm. is going to bring, um, if you could actually cycle there or if it's going to be like totally like, well, yeah, you can cycle there if you want to get off on a new town. New town. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the new town, like that intersection there where you have to go and it's gravel, it fucks up your tires. That's evil. But the worst, you know, the worst part of uh, the Lakes trail with Amazon that is in place is by Lexmark. And you have to contend with the distribution center because if you go at a time when all the Amazon trucks are going out, good mm-hmm. luck trying to get across. Yeah. Oh well, it's fine. Um, Amazon should simply consider deploying cyclists on the Legacy Trail um, to deliver to Lexington. All that's although that sounds a little bit too um, uh, too communist for them. Too so, reasonable. Yeah, a little, little, little too interesting. Just all the cargo e-bikes. Yeah, exactly. Um, now. I don't know. I mean, any, any final words on the on the bike thing? They could, you know, they could get these little, as a little segue, they could get these fuck delivery off, robots. Fuck this off. I can't believe you ruined the entire, <laughs> this was mine. This was my thing. I saw one of them drive by while I was waiting. Oh, my God. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, if you're not on UK, you probably haven't, haven't seen these things yet. But um, uh, every, I, everyone listening to this podcast, two arms. I'm declaring a, um, a a jihad against um, any any drones that use our sidewalks. Now, what am I talking about here? Um, in a weird twist of fate, instead of any like weird like um, what is it called? Not upstart startups. That would be it. Like like instead of any weird like tech company or whatever rolling this out, the University of Kentucky Dining has rolled out these little delivery robots that um that deliver you know food 
Um, you know, so there's not a person doing it anymore. They don't have to pay a person to do it. There's just a little robot that drives. Although who knows, knowing them, probably a person is sitting there piloting it anyways. Um, because you know, self-driving technology is a, a total lie. That That's literally what they were doing. I think in, I think it's somewhere in Idaho, but it was literally like they were paying some guy in Brazil, like nice. pennies to drive them around on the, the streets because one, it's incredibly like as a software engineer, yeah, I'm not holding my breath for autonomous vehicles yeah. because it's terrible and there's just too many variables. But of course, where are they going to put the drones? Not on the ample amounts of, you know, street that we give to cars. No, let's inconvenience and overburden the already pretty crowded sometimes yeah. sidewalks as the um you know and there's many sort of uh from a marxist angle there's many things that we could do to sort of attack this but really i want to get back to my urban geography roots as a as a urban geography drop it myself um and sort of and, and, and i want to declare this jihad against all things that seek to uh take away sidewalk use from pedestrians um same thing same as with the scooters so with the robots um, and what's exciting about the robots, though, is that they aren't human beings in there. Um, so I will officially, um, in a uh, in a total um, parody fashion, um, am calling for violence against these robots. Um, I'm starting a uh, intelligence agency um, to uh, to suss out the uh, nature of these robots, um, and uh, will shortly thereafter be. Uh, launching coordinated strikes against these things to um, either physically dismantle or preferably um, uh, trap them in places. Uh, I was just going to say, you just need to wait like what rush is happening soon, right? Because campus just started back. Yes. Just put out signs and say like, you know, like cow tipping, it's just robot tipping. They, yeah. you know, th- this isn't, they're not like robot wars things. They have no flippers that can write themselves back up. Yeah. You just have to go over and, tip this cooler on wheels over <laughs> yeah and i'm i was thinking sort of just a, a like getting a group of people and just blocking just standing in front of it and sort of just surrounding here's it. an idea here's an okay idea. put a bunch of lame stickers on them that would not be just cover their sensors <laughs> <laughs> the equivalent of a blindfold yeah, folks go ahead and write my phone number on that too <laughs> would you um my uh, my social is yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, know, you you order you order your meal from them and then you put a handheld emp device inside of the compartment yeah and, and control control the emp device electronically thus frying yeah the circuitry i'm yeah, we need to take one of these devices, um, strip the batteries. Hypothetically out of it. speaking, of course. Yeah, yeah, this is entirely hypothetical, but let's do get uh, very much into the nitty gritty of logistically how you would go about uh, waging war on these robots, right? Um, I don't know. I am a. Uh, uh, these guys are obviously um, our enemies, uh, and have you? If you've tried to walk between classes already, these little robots, they don't do anything. No, what's really interesting to me is. They wait at intersections, yeah. Like at, at like the crosswalks and stuff. They'll just like sit there, yeah, and just wait. So that well, that's I, a good. That would be a good place to get them. Then mm-hmm. we can sort of we know where they are in the convoy. Mm-hmm. Um, you will be up at the book dispensary, but I, Jack Ruby, will be in the grassy knoll, uh, <laughs> and we'll we'll just blow you know the robot's brains off. You know, mm-hmm. it'll be good. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll lose pounds of, of brain and bone. Yeah. The Kennedy way. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's generally, I mean, obviously we'll be keeping you updated on all the recent intelligence, um, about these robots. If you have any tips, lexlingpod at gmail.com. Let's have a robot bounty. If you send us pictures of robots you've tipped over I'll pay or, you. or yeah. disabled, I'll send you some. We'll Monero. send you some lame stickers. Okay, well, I'll send cash. <laughs> I'm. I, I, if you want a letter of marquee from Lame Studios, we yeah. will <laughs> tweet tweet at us at lamepod. Uh, send us your tipped over robots. Yeah, exactly. Um, if anyone can retrieve one of these things, we will take it off your hands. <laughs> well, think of it this way. You're a job creator because somebody has to go back out there and tip it right back up. Exactly. So, yep. so we're helping. Yeah. The there economy. we go. Well, it's actually, it's, you know, it's very, you know, uh, capital keeps thinking it can exit um, sort of geography by sort of just a leaving and making it all robot. But uh, at the end of the day, you need a guy to flip that robot back over. So the more guys we have out there flipping it back over, the more, uh, the more uh, human labor we keep in Lexington. So this is actually good. It's your civic duty to flip that. Um, robot uh but anyway um okay Aaron. now what what is what is this diseased thing you've put well the supreme court um either today or yesterday recently struck down uh the national eviction moratorium how cool Um, and yeah so uh (sighs) evictions can continue yeah, very, very cool of us um, to do that one. Has so visit, anyone... visit Lexington Housing Justice Collective. I know I'm not the first person to say this, but has anyone considered uh, not listening? Wouldn't that be nice? You know, the, the General Assembly this, this session, they're very pro-landlord always, but this time yeah. they, were, they were surprisingly very pro-landlord. Well, yeah. Um, they were talking about how... How many of them are landlords? Think, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Landlordlinda.com. Think of, think of the landlords... With yeah. this eviction moratorium, you know, you've got all these tenants that our, are our mom and pop their... mayors, our <laughs> mom and pop legislators, <laughs> mom and pop legislators. Um, I mean, I, I don't know, like go. Yeah. Lexington Housing Justice Collective has a bunch of resources for you in Lexington. Um, we just like head to the holler, had a bunch of had a whole tweet thread that um, we posted. We'll have links in the show notes. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. Talk to your talk to your counselors. Yeah, I would. KY.gov. There's a. Um... It's, yeah, the talk. I have a point coming up later on in this podcast about um, about uh, how many emails uh, you need to send to a counselor before they do something. Um, so we'll, yeah, um, maybe <laughs> depends on who you are. Really depends on who you are. Um, but yeah, uh, speaking. I don't know. I mean, I have another uh, funny Supreme Court little thing over I love here. That. Our Kentucky Supreme Court um, uh, un- undid, out of all things, the Good Samaritan law. Right, um, which <laughs> like just the concept of the Good Samaritan law, the whole it's, thing. It's a really specific it law. Is, that's is. that's why it was specifically yeah. It's kind of neutered. It's honestly, it's just it's just so mysterious to me. Like that. Okay, so anyway, it, there was it was a case in Lexington a few years ago where um, the alleged Good Samaritan came. Two across, cases. Two cases. I'm right. Sure. Um, they have they came across people that were you know that were overdosing and um go hmm, i'm going to call the police right and um you know successfully save those people's lives comma but then the police charged them with you know everything in the book um you know uh, not only possession but you know like paraphernalia charges and all sorts of other dumb shit and um this and the uh, prosecution basically said that uh, well 
Um, let me just read you the exact quote here. Quote, prosecutors said the Good Samaritan law did not apply in these cases because the bystanders did not see people use drugs, did not know that drug overdoses were involved, and therefore did not have reason to believe these unconscious persons were at risk of arrest in prosecution and prosecution if authorities were summoned. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, if you ever feel the need to uh, call the police because anyone is struggling, um, thoroughly search their medicine cabinets, their pockets. Um, their web their web history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, actually... These um, people were, like, passed out in cars, yeah. too. So it's like, okay, is it is it unlocked? Like, does that dictate whether or not I can call this person an ambulance <laughs> yeah like i mean uh, like it, the you know it totally undoes the idea of good samaritan law now if i call the you know call emergency services trying to help someone um there is a chance that uh, i will also be you know um sentencing that uh, person to a prison sentence um or something uh so you know um everyone you know we're uh, we're, we're doing the stanford prison experiment again but uh bigger um, See, because when I was getting lifeguard certified, they were like, oh, yeah, if you break somebody's ribs doing CPR, you're fine because it's good Samaritan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's that's still fine. That's still fine. Well, yeah. as long as you're not using drugs to break their ribs. Okay. That's. As, as, yeah, as long as I'm not breaking their ribs while shooting the, what is that? A, a, not epinephrine. Uh, EpiPen. Uh, what? Uh, no. Narcan? What do they do? Yeah. Narcan. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um. Like, I think the, the, the whole thing was, like, that this was specifically, like, changed or another Good Samaritan law saying, like, hey, if you call an ambulance for somebody that's overdosing, don't worry about them getting, you know, arrested. Because yeah. I think that the idea was that, like, if somebody is with them also doing drugs, yeah. that they're not worried about, like, everybody getting in trouble, the police will just look the other way. Yeah. And... Now it's like you have to have like very specific like I don't know how that works. What do you are you interviewed there and they're like, did you know that this was a drug thing? I okay, think, yeah. we, we we can or cannot arrest them. Um, I think every nine one one call you need to make in the future, you need to say in the nine one one call, um, uh, uh, they are you know I think this person is having a drug um, drug illegal uh, <laughs> schedule one drug overdose. <laughs> this, um, whole, this whole war on drugs thing is like have you all have you all read the uh, Terrence Ray um, United and Rage? I've read part of it. I, I won't I won't lie. I haven't read the whole thing. <laughs> I don't think I've read it. It's, it's yeah, good. It's some, like seven thousand uh, words. Aaron, but... Aaron recommended reading uh, yeah. "United in Rage" by Terry. They Terry. cite some good Herald Leader articles. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, the I don't know. The I mean, look, war on drugs. Um, every you know, ladies and gentlemen, don't don't despair. Drugs will win, um, and in the end, we uh, you know we will prevail. Um, <laughs> Lame as a drug, some may say. Yeah, sure. Podcasting the opium of the masses. Um, so. Uh, this is a. This comes at the request of whoever request um, uh, whoever requested that we uh, that we uh, clowned on David Kloibermore. Um I think we received some uh, feedback about this. I don't know who you're talking so, about. I remember. I remember hearing. Maybe this was just in my dreams. Um, I just. I woke up today and I was like, and I was like, this this clown needs to be taken well, to task. If you if you thought about us talking about David Kloibermore, you have manifested it into reality. Yeah. Congrats, right ladies and gentlemen. Um, democracy works. Uh, so, <laughs> David Kloiber had a. Um, we covered this uh, when it was first proposed, and it was it was along with a few other things. But David Kloiber, um, after spending you know five or six months in city council, finally decided to um, get cool and start uh, proposing um, ordinances for things that either like 
already existed in other ways. So it got weird, like Marcy's Law energy, um, which was like, you know, just like a guy who kind of thought they were like doing something. And then the more that he came along, the more he's like, oh, wait, maybe there's actually, maybe this is useless. Um, and this is not that there's not some similar ordinance or whatever, but this is, it's just really funny to see David Kloiber try to sort of, her, um, you know, like get, harness some sort of like vague, like, um, you know, like uh, not like suburban i guess you call it suburban some sort of vague um like you know uh clean up this city energy and um have it have it be taken nowhere um so he wanted it was it was about the shopping carts folks um it was about those damn sharp shopping carts uh and um there's a, just a, such a great epidemic of shopping carts right Wait, so here's what here's how we can get rid of the shopping carts i just thought of it okay yeah hit me we convert the shopping carts into, into delivery drones uh, i knew yeah. it was coming <laughs> damn it uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> which way modern man um but what was it's like this is like uh, like Walmart was um, was a big the Walmart on a I want to say on Richmond Road was a bit was was a big uh, the one that's closed. Oh, never mind. It is closed. I was thinking we covered the same story on the same day. Damn it. Um, but these uh, these uh, big box stores like Walmart and Kroger, um, their carts just keep emigrating away. You know, they keep our the greatest cultural export the shopping carts. Um, and David Kloiber was like, we're going to solve this, right, by doing a little bit of a corporate social responsibility. Um, we're going to make it we're going to we're going to make it the businesses, you know, issue to get their carts once they once it's been reported to them. Right. Um, and uh, everyone went, well, David, you can't do that without getting the input from the businesses. The businesses need to have a say on this legislation. Um, the businesses are the ones that voted us in. Yeah, and David Kloiber goes, okay, we'll wait for business input. And then um, not a soul spoke up because no one, either no one at Kroger and Walmart read the Herald Leader that week um, <laughs> or uh, they simply didn't give a shit. Um, why, why, and why would you, right? Um, so as a result, they said nothing, and um, this ordinance failed 7-2 to two in committee um, and failed in such a way that uh, it's not coming back. Um, there's a few other... The number that I was saying, okay, uh, 79 complaints will receive, have been received since June about these shopping carts. So that's how much, that's how many uh, call-ins to uh, 311 you have to make for David Kloiber to care about something. Well, and it also makes me wonder how many of those were like the same cart. Exactly. Like if it was a very prominent, annoying one, yeah. I could see like five people calling it in because exactly. it takes some time to get over there. So, ladies and gentlemen, what I'm saying is that maybe um, we've actually found a solution to the drones on the sidewalk. We need to just keep calling our city council and being like, there's this damn drone in my way. Um, well, you can't do that around here because UK owns all the streets now. Um, we They're can completely no immune. Yeah. Well, no, well, this is good because we need to keep, as we covered, I think, in the last episode, we need to keep ratcheting up the tension between UK and the surrounding city government. That's actually, we need to be putting Hannah Legree in such a precarious position that and she Liz. will have to resign. Yeah, and, and Liz. Because she also works at UK. Mm-hmm. We, need to, we need to start um, putting pressure on uh, everyone that works at UK. Um, and that includes Arnold Farr. Um, that's his name, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I've only had class with the man. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's just really, it's just really funny to see, um, uh, this, um, uh, th- this, uh, 
one one dipshit, one uh, one uh, freshman city councilor to uh, show up, fuck around with Walmart, and uh, find out. No, this um, is the hill David Klaver's going to die on. This is his and first I hope, term. I really issue. hope he does. I really hope he doesn't. I don't. I don't know what to think of him. Just because, like, he also had that really vaguely worded, like, I want planning to look at yes, yes, anything yes. and everything to address the housing shortage. So, like, part of me was like, yeah, cool. Yeah. Like, but also, like, this seems like a meaningless thing yeah. to say. Yeah. Did, it's like when they pass a resolution, you know, yeah. saying something. Uh, you know, it's, I mean, like, so, I mean, he's definitely, David Kleber is definitely on to something in the sense that like he where he's realizing that certain performative actions do um yield like certain results but i think his uh his biggest issue here is that um uh he's just some he's just this kind of w- weird looking guy um who's an lexington catholic grad <laughs> and um as a result he's doomed to uh like like weird Republican status um, next to uh, like Barry Saturday and um, Preston Worley, the most evil of them all. Um, but I don't know. It's just very funny. Um, uh, <laughs> Klerber says that currently <laughs> when the city finds cards, workers simply just throw them away. And I think we should um, continue that. Uh, I actually think throw them away. We should into their parking lot. Yeah. Preferably mangled to where they can't actually use them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we should. Um, and, but you know what this thing? Cause like David Kloiber is, um, is right to just start finding, um, yes. these big box stores. If we want to get any return on investment. Um, but I, something, something tells me that David Kloiber isn't, isn't into radical transfers of wealth. Um, something tells me that that is not what that guy is about. That's not the vibe you pick up from him. <laughs> no, that's not the vibe. Something about David Kloiber is telling me he's not a principled Marxist. <laughs> Shoot, I was really holding out for him. I know, man. Now, Richard Maloney, on the other hand, I still have hope. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, some things I could say. <laughs> yeah, uh, I will say that um, Preston Worley did come out, um, and he's like, as a, as Good a, uh, as a principal. Yeah, I know, right? We're, we're proud. Comes out as a, a, a principled neolib, and he just basically says, you know, he's not ready to punish uh, business owners, quote, who have been stolen from, unquote. Um, which I think is a uh, funny, funny to view taking a shopping cart away as uh, really any form of theft, considering. Um, that the companies just don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, I mean, the, the listeners who work at Kroger can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure if, if you just need more carts, Kroger just gives you more carts. Yeah, I mean, all of these stores, all these major logistics chains like Kroger and Walmart have loss factored in. They literally have accepted it. It's fine. Yeah. Well, or you can do what Kroger, Euclid Kroger did and, have and just have them lock. Yeah. yeah. Granted, they will. They had such a problem with people trying oh. to take them up the escalators yeah. that if you don't go straight out the door and you try to turn, like, I don't know, to go to where the bike rack is, yeah. it will sometimes just like lock up in the middle of that lobby area and yeah. I like, have to flag down some worker to come, like, let me take my groceries to it's my bike. you saying you're not strong enough to simply pick up the shopping cart and take yeah. it to the... That's, that's the whole reason I have the cargo bike is so I can still do like a week's worth of groceries at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I think um, you should, uh, okay, two options, bring the cargo bike in to Kroger I've debated on it. Alternatively, bring everyone down on your level and have some sort of device that you've constructed 
that goes by and simply locks everyone's cart in the store. Like, you know, have have the um, cart in tow. So, because it's only the front wheels that lock. So if you have it in tow on the okay. back, hook it up to your bike. Tip get it. some <laughs> get some jacks. Get some uh, get some rolling car jacks, mm-hmm. and uh, just uh, you know, just go around, and just pump your bike, uh, pump your uh, car. I had up. been taking it out the front to avoid it because it happened to me like two times in mm-hmm. a row, and so I was like even trying to like give the escalator as wide of berth as I could as I like went around it. Yeah. But um so I was like, okay, forget it. I'll just go outside. The front of that Kroger has no sidewalks. Yes. <laughs> like it barely like I don't think it technically has like a fire lane or anything like that, which seems it's, weird. The uh, the most concerning part of that Kroger is that like alleyway between Marquee and the parking lot where it's like you don't there's if you're like exiting from like that ramp in a car there's no way to actually turn to make it um there's like dumpsters in the way there's like you know uh 18 wheelers in the way no lighting no light yeah just like uh it's listen i don't know blake do you remember um when they were first building that and people had yard signs that were like no fort kroger yeah because the biggest thing was like at the time and now they've just closed it and how much you bet they will just not reopen it the whole thing that's why there's the marquee entrance yeah is because they're like hey it's really shitty of you to put like a giant concrete wall all along this entire street and they were like okay we'll give you all a corner entrance god and then when they um god they bought the uh home video store and they made that a Kruger one in spirits which is fucked up uh they bought that one whole apartment like, building yeah, tore, it down. tore it down now it's more parking lots it was like 20 20 yeah. apartments if i remember i don't know and like and on one hand i want to give the hand to kroger because uh the previous kroger on euclid like sucked um i mean it was just like it was you know it was like 100 feet set back from the sidewalk it was just one big empty parking lot and then like a normal looking kroger um but whatever i just want i just want the romney road kroger back here's what I, I would like um them to open the marquee entrance again to go into kroger that way because i walk in that way Normally, mm. so I have to go all the way around Kroger now. Shit, yeah, no, they have. What happened to that? They just they closed it because of COVID and whatnot. Because even because the annoying thing for me is, so I park at the the bike racks right there mm-hmm. at the um, the piggy bank, yeah, bus stop, um, and even when like I don't like using self scan, especially if I have like a week's worth of stuff, yeah. But uh, also not to give them the excuse to fire workers. Exactly. I have to. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And the middle exit, they, they closed it. I just, for some reason for COVID, I guess to like make sure that there was like a single point of circulation. Yeah. So I'd have to like walk to the, even if I was like at the very last checkout, like right behind that little Starbucks, I'd have to walk all the way down, come out and then walk all the way up to get back to my bike. And I'm like, this is so fucking backwards i look i mean since we're just commiserating about the kroger i remember back in the day when it was 24 hours a day and that was just expected um and then they cut the hours and then for covid they're like for some reason we're going to very backwardsly make the hours even less so the same number of people will go to kroger in a in a smaller window which always always confusing. I remember to me. for the longest time you had to go to the Georgetown Kroger. I still do. <laughs> the only uh, name it. What is what is a twenty four hour Kroger in Lexington? There is. Well, what about the? Did they change the one on Richmond Road? I don't think it's. 20, I don't think it's twenty four hours anymore. I think the because let me say this. Very recently, I've had to go to a Kroger like past one in the morning, and uh, Georgetown it was. <laughs> um, it was fucked up. 
I love I love that this has turned into Kroger talk. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Kroger talk. Just uh, your 40502 boys come in and at you fast. Um, oh, 40508. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, it's it's to discuss Krogers, to discuss what they did to the Kroger and Romney is to live in the mindset of someone that lives in the O2 zip code. So <laughs> sorry, Romney's not going to get a grocery store. I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, for that. I, I mean, I'm sure you. I'm like like what is? I well, mean, they have wheelers. Like they've got that there. They've got everything mm, else. Well, the. The Dairy Mart that was just posted today that yeah. Dairy Mart's closing, oh. which I don't know if is better for the prospects of a grocery store because less competition, yeah. but like no grocery store is going to go in there because it's too low density and there's two Kroger's either way. You got uh, what is it? Shinoa or yeah. No, Euclid within five minutes. And it's sad because I mean, I, I would, I would use that Kroger. I love it. I mean, I used to live close enough to just bike to it. Um, but no, I, I think, I don't know. I hope something happens with the lot. Uh, we could bring the, the webs had another person die on them while they were trying to build something. So that's why that one's currently the one that had like the, the cool like rooftop uh, yeah. cafe and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So that's up in the air. Yeah. You know what? And maybe this is something we should remind Liz Sheehan of because uh, what's his name? Um, Bill Farmer Jr. was a, was like, guys, I'm on the case um, for this. Uh, for, for like five years yeah, when five nothing years. happened. It's I mean, it's been I mean, it's been so long, <laughs> but whatever. Um, someone run for run for uh, District Five. Bring justice to the Kroger and Romney. Um, Unfortunately, at the literally at the border, as far as you possibly can be of District Three. I know. Yeah. Right. I, <laughs> well, if you're in District Five, you know who you are. You're a lame listener. Run for office. Yeah. Totally. Challenge. Challenge this <laughs> Um I saw I saw Bill Farmer walking down Euclid the other day. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, he's got his uh, little uh, farmer's jewelry store. And I was like riding my bike. I'm like, he also I can owns do like now. a lot of the buildings yeah around he has that um that flower shop next to it mm. i'm curious if he owns baron the butcher no i think um, that's different people because yeah. that's like the the pazos family whatever yeah well the, i think it's the bear family because that's why it's spelled weird mm-hmm. um because mm. pause well formerly pazos god pazos has been sitting empty mm. just for like a year now. who did they sell it to they sold it to like the I have, I have no idea. I don't know who they sold it to. They sold it to somebody who was like, who opened it for like six months. Yeah. And got rid of like the slice special and like pint Damn. night or something. Like got, got rid of like the main staples that everybody knows yeah. Pazos for. Uh, you remember when um that one super fucked up, uh, I don't know what it was called anymore, but um, but it's the, it was on the corner of. Huge ass? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now it's something else. Um, but anyway, it's closed anyway, but like, right. I want to say like fall 2020, they briefly reopened for like maybe a week. Um, <laughs> and it was, <laughs> and they were, I think of the health department shut them down or something. Um, but you know, it was just really, some, really cool shit like that. What was that? What was that Lexington restaurant that got shut down by the health department? Cause they, they didn't oh, want to do the mask mandate. Uh, the coffee shop was yeah, brewed coffee shop yeah so Damn. funny story about them i briefly made a, a meetup page for the urbanist forum and i was like we'll just we'll try it see yeah. if it works out and after a while i didn't use it the dude messaged me on meetup which was not a thing that i realized you could actually do saying uh, like hey our place is open for a me- like a meetup and i was like okay uh, i mean that's that's cool and then i looked it up and i'm like I don't think a suburban strip mall coffee shop is a great place to meet up and talk about good urbanism unless you're yeah. being like, this is an example 
of terrible. <laughs> yeah. Did you all ever have them? Uh, I, I saw like a few weeks ago on the uh, Urbanist Forum page, there was a uh, proposed, um, someone asked for a meetup, but I don't, did that ever happen? We talked about it, but then with like COVID, we're not sure. We'll probably do one uh, like outdoor at like uh, Mirror Twin or something. And I just say Mirror Twin because it's easy enough for me to. Yeah, that was walk the last to. one I went to. Um, but. Uh, I don't know. I think we'll, we fully exhausted. We've um, run our course on Sunday. Dumb, yeah. Uh, and I, I guess we're going to get to the, the main dish over here. That's right. The main course. That was the appetizer. Yeah. Uh, and with that, what? See you in a second. Yeah. And then now we're here in the middle section. <laughs> we'll come back to late. <laughs> I had no idea how that transition worked. Now I know. Yeah, we literally. <laughs> Everybody just holds their breath for like two seconds. Yeah. It's a, well, it used to be worse. It was like we would uh, do it and then we would like talk for five minutes mm. and we go through and that was frustrating to edit. Um, yeah. So <laughs> like, is this a show? Is this just shop talk? Um, so yeah, you're listening to the dot in uh, between A and M. Okay. That's the, you can't do that twice. Well, what do you want me to do? Shit, whatever. Just say the middle part. You're listening to the middle part of Lame. All right. Yeah. We have socials. You can follow us on Twitter at LamePod. You can email us at LexLamePod at gmail.com. Uh, Blake Hall, what's your, what's your Twitter handle? Blake S. Hall, because there's another web developer who's like two years older than me mm. in Madison, Wisconsin, who's named Blake Hall. And yeah. he got the without. So I had to take my middle initial. Sad. Well, the uh, the the lame the new lame anti robot intelligence agency is also working on this now. <laughs> We're gonna liberate the liter, liberate your Twitter handle. Um, come to us, Laria, lame anti robot intelligence agency. Jesus Christ! I mean, this is this is. Have you can ever considered it a mark of the beast that you can make up um, <laughs> uh, like acronyms as quickly? <laughs> I mean, it's you and literally you and literally Herman and Jolie. I mean, it's so evil. <laughs> Well, Laria doesn't mean anything. I know. It's not a. It's not. Neither Laria does worded. the phrase Seven Hills Lab," but that doesn't <laughs> stop him. A phrase which haunts my dreams. Oh my! God. Every time I'm in Cincinnati, I tell people about about that that, that fucked up. It's double, like super double acronym. Yeah, it's really evil. Um, and what you have done for this episode? Exactly. The. <laughs> The lame ADU Mark Six experience. Well, we're going to be talking about that in the second half of our show. Yeah. So I yeah the second half. I was going to say the third half, but this is not really a half. You're such an idiot. This is an I intermission. Mean, yeah. That's also that's also a good suggestion. The intermission. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know what else to come promo. Uh, get stickers. Follow Blake Hall. Yeah, we yeah. You can hear stickers. me rant about things like mm-hmm. when the police leave shit in bike lanes or whatever. Yeah, that was good. That Blake, was funny. Blake I think won about a that big time. Won a big victory over the uh, cops by uh, moving the speedometer. <laughs> what's What's even worse is Liz told me that the last time that they had put one of those, you know, I don't know what the fuck they're called, the speedometer yeah. boxes out there, that they put it in the right the green strip. Weird. So this time somebody was just lazy and was like, yeah, we'll throw it in the fucking bike lane right here where it's still like 45 miles an hour. I know. Why don't they just park a cop car in that uh, Morton Middle School turn off and call it a day? That's what they... They'd have to pay for them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Alright, um, let's get into side B. Yeah, sure. Welcome back to the Lexington ADU Marxist Experience. It's side B. I'm Aaron. Uh, I'm Jenry. And I'm Blake. Nice. Um, so uh, my number one question for everyone in the room, what is an ADU? 
Well, we, you know, we've, we're going to be talking about that. I've got some. Oh, uh, shit, so I'm not allowed to, who, not allowed to leave well, with that. Who, who are they? What do they, what do they do? What do they want from us? What, <laughs> what is their goal? Yeah. The, I don't know yet, Blake, take it away. What is, what is an ADU? <laughs> so ADU stands for accessory dwelling unit, which is just modern planner jargon for the, you know, above garage apartment that, mm-hmm. what was it? Like Fonzie from happy days lived in. Yeah. Um, the basement apartment, the attic apartment, or in some cases, but it's more often rare, like a completely separate unit, Mm -hmm. like separate building on the same property. The, um, the whole idea is that they are accessory to the primary structure. Mm -hmm. So, um, this would be, you know, any of those examples. Yeah. I, I mean, we'll probably go. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into the history of this. But I, until very recently, was under the assumption that the accessory dwelling unit thing got like shut down. And I totally well, I, I, talk about that. It's in the agenda. Oh, well, thank God. Well, I'm not reading the agenda. This is yours. I mean, this is your uh, this is your car. I'm just in it. Exactly. Uh, so, but yeah. Uh, so this sounds like a great thing. Um, uh, surely, there's no opposition to this. Oh yeah, um, except for pretty much any neighborhood around uk um and there's a lot of what i'm going to call disingenuous pearl clutching Mm -hmm. over the thought of i don't know people living next to other people yeah um honestly one of the most maybe the most terrifying phrase um in this society living with people next to people the 10 most uh terrifying words in the english language are um i'm from i am your neighbor and i'm here to help (laughs) (laughs) or whatever the reagan quote is i I am from the neighborhood (laughs) i mean i'm here to help i live next door we generally consume the same resources and live next to each other. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm in your the neighborhood association. And I'm here to yeah. help. Yeah, there you go. I'm, I'm literally a board member of my neighborhood association. Interesting. Wow. Um, and they, oh, haven't, they haven't struck you down? Well, you all might after you hear that I've actually this entire time been on the programmatic board for Civic Lex. So, oh, well, yeah, of course. I mean, this is my first and last appearance on this podcast. Well, Thanks. This it's is, been fun. I mean, the problem with the Civic Lex people is, I mean, aside from the fact that uh, I keep um, ga- I, Richard Young keeps gang stalking me. It's so bizarre. Um, <laughs> I tell I, him to. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in the, the other thing is that like the modern day Cointel Pro is just Civic Lex. <laughs> we're specifically deployed to stop this podcast. Everyone we talk to in some way or another <laughs> oh well um, just everybody is involved in civic lex in every facet everyone I, I run into it's like oh civic lex this civic lex that it's because they do the city's job better than the city exactly. it's like hey I need to know what this thing is or what how the city does this thing don't go to the city look for that because Good yeah. luck. Well, and, and game respects game. You know, we've used Civic Lex as a resource and a I, lot of times. It's on just this fine, but we're saying when the uh, when um, the Spanish Civil War equivalent happens to Fayette County, um, it's something that we're going to have to uh, um, uh, overthrow. They're going to um, acquire Civic Lex as the media arm. Well, the of lame, lame, yeah, the lame Civic Lex coalition uh, provisional government that is <laughs> that will run North Lexington will eventually have to come to terms. <laughs> whatever um but of course so yeah so you're i mean obviously blake you're someone uh um now revealed to be uh so deeply in power um why haven't you done the full communism now and where are my accessory dwelling units 
Yeah, so mainly this has been going on. Let's see. I moved back to Lexington almost five years ago. And yeah, after my tour in the Bay Area. Mm. Um, And yeah, so I've seen a housing shortage. Battle hardened. Like have have your landlord be like, hey, I'm raising your rent four hundred dollars a month because where else are you going to go? Mm -hmm. And um, this I, I, I first saw that they were doing this and I was like, holy hell, Lexington's looking at doing something relatively progressive for once. And. I learned that this is the second time they've tried to re-legalize ADUs. Um, I say re-legalize because you can go around most of the old parts of town and you'll see plenty of them. We have a plenty of them in Kenwick. They're mm-hmm. all around Chevy Chase. Yeah, of course, world-renowned, world-renowned Kenwick. Um, mm-hmm. Every these 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 people that live in their um, high castle called Kenwick. I have. went over to a friend's house. In high Kenwick, bungalow. Excuse me. Thing, I was like, wow, this is a house in Kenwick. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it so, but even like, you know, the carriage houses of old, like around like North Lyme and everything, we've had these for, in some cases, hundreds of years. Yeah. Um, but when they talked about them and to, to planning's credit, planning was just like, hey, let's legalize ADUs in every residential zone. They're actually already allowed in the expansion area from like 90 what was that 96 when the last uh mm-hmm. usb expansion and um but granted a lot of those places have hoas that then outlawed them and those yeah. HOA, hoas take priority so um but then a lot of people got up in arms because again heaven forbid renters would live near them mm-hmm. and um even worse, they might rent to students. Yeah, the most insipid class. <laughs> yeah. Students. That's okay. I was going down high and saw uh, there was like a duplex for rent and it mm-hmm. had a sign. Like, you know, the... Irish need not apply sign. Well, well, no, like the, the like for sale or whatever, the yeah. little banner at the underneath those kind of like yard signs. Yeah. They had one of those made up that specifically mm-hmm. said no students. And I, I was think like, you and ah. me have spoken about this once before. Legal housing discrimination. Um, nice. I, I, this is, I remember the, I remember these, uh, these, these guys, um, and, uh, any, any ACLU attorney wants to take me up on this. Um, I will, I will try and get an apartment there. <laughs> Legal counsel. I will get an apartment and then I will, um, uh, wind back the clock to like early COVID and um, then uh, promptly, as soon as I'm allowed to rent there, not pay my bills and um, find a way actually to bully the landlord. Um, <laughs> Immediately form a tenant's union. Imme- yeah, tenant's union of me. Uh, yeah. What are you, you going to do? <laughs> but yeah, so like a lot of people complained that uh, this was going to you know, unleash a scourge of tenants on their street and uh, you know, overcrowding, blah, blah, blah. The, the same textbook responses to any sort of zoning liberalization or uh density increase yeah and students are great because generally they won't take your parking either so but i don't know i mean something something uh, for you all to chew on (laughs) yeah and then after that um they the whole plan was to have like i think they did almost two years of public input Mm -hmm. just to say like 
we did it. We asked, and nobody's being blindsided by this. Yeah. You know, you've had two years to know this was coming. Don't suddenly act like this is a big deal. Um, so then they, everybody promptly acted like it was a big deal that it came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, then COVID hit and it made it through the planning commission. Um, and it has languished in the planning and public safety committee of council for nice. two years now. Just chilling. Just yeah. hanging out. Just vibing. Just waiting. It was weirdly like Masati's, like assigned to Masati. And I don't think I ever saw a meeting where she even spoke about it. Nice. <laughs> just, you know, just a, just keeping it there under thumb. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if only let me, if only there were counselors that did fun rules mongering bending shit that had any um, sort of a like progressive desire do you know what i mean well because all of the all of the parliamentarians and stuff on, on the council they just talk for like 30 minutes 40 minutes just about like oh can we do this yeah and then and then the nothing there's silence yeah if you like if you've out. never watched a city council meeting or committee meeting it's there's a good like 30 minutes to an hour of just can we do this let's check with legal and like okay good how would i want to do this thing and yeah, yeah that's all it is yeah. so legal how I, I get I get elected to city council and the first meeting I'm like, okay, so um, could a Senate parliamentarian tell me how I do full communism right now? <laughs> anyone? Could anyone give me a hand here? <laughs> I just realized Lame Legal Council LLC is the acronym for that LLC. Oh, that's evil. <laughs> that's evil. Um, you should keep those impure thoughts to yourself. Um, <laughs> I I did a bit, a bit of research, I guess. I don't oh, know how some, nice how nice of you preparing beforehand. And Blake, you can correct me if Beth Musgrave was wrong. <laughs> now this would be big. The two, the two greatest figures of lame, Blake Hall and Beth Musgrave, duking it out on the podcast. She, so she, she, okay, so she published the same article twice. Nice. Yep. Um, I saw that. Which is insane, right? Well, I, this is. I mean, I feel like Harold Leader loves to do this every once in a while. They'll do like a follow-up article. But it's they like, say it's updated and it's like it had a sentence added to it. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's like the same wording. Um, so I mean, it, yeah, whatever. They she talked about ADUs because there was going to be a meeting about it, which happened a couple weeks. That was last week, wasn't it? I think. Wow, that seems. You know, last week was a week ago. It doesn't last, seem like that. Last week was five years ago for me personally. <laughs> I've been. Um, I mean, folks, I know that you all love checking. Wait, no. Me. Two. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Because you ago. mentioned about my public comment, yeah. and that was because I was there. Because okay, I well, thank God we're. Yeah. A that was a good. That was a good public comment. But yeah, they they published this, and um, so basically, the council. This is pre-pandemic. They made the zoning changes. Is uh, requiring an owner to live in the home or in the ADU. If the accessory ADU is to be used for a short-term rental, such as Airbnb, the owner must get a conditional permit from the board of adjustment. Limit the number of people to just two adults and any related children, and the owners have to meet with the planning staff prior to building an accessory dwelling unit. Limit the number to two people. Yeah, because our existing weird oh, family okay. rule isn't yeah. enough already. Yeah, weird, weird shit. And then they stopped talking about it because of COVID. What, yeah. What's fun is that um, owner-occupied clause, also, they're also going to require a deed restriction that the city like signs it because and if you don't know anything about zoning or housing history there's been nothing problematic about deed restrictions yeah, deed restrictions a real classic uh i um i was at a um i was talking to someone and they're like yeah man i went to my cousin's lake house and um 
we just happened to be talking about it was it was a it was built in the 50s in Michigan and they just happened to be talking about the deed restriction the original deed restriction that they led and it was like not only like could you not go there for you were black but like you weren't allowed to like have women on the premises <laughs> it was oh, awesome well my favorite is like they also had some that were like no polish or irish can Good. live here and i'm like how would you improve that? That's, and well, what, that's what's so great about it. It's um, it's it's all there just for um, uh, litigation, I guess. But so fucked up. Well, yeah, and they're still like on the books today because yeah. all the Supreme Court did was make them unenforceable. Yeah, and the, to be specific, these are racially restrictive deed covenants. Mm-hmm. No papists. Yeah. The only the only enforceable one is the Italians. <laughs> <laughs> what? We we just we just don't let them on the uh, yeah, subway cars. We don't let the Italians. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so this has been the owner occupied in particular is a pretty bad uh, poison pill for this. Yeah. Cities all over the country have been re-legalizing ADUs because, well, there's a housing crisis everywhere. Um, And lots of cities have gone back. They have started with an owner occupied clause and then like oh, this is completely hampering any sort of development. Like, Portland legalizing got, like, I think nine, or they had 19 in two years. Well, this is great, guys. Progress. Yeah. Um, so For those 19 people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And <laughs> so they, it, it, it's a hamper to financing because banks look at it and they're like, oh, so it's a unit that I if you were to default on it, I couldn't even like rent it out because I don't live there. So I can only use partial of this. This seems weird. Like, yeah, see, and on one hand, like in a more ideal world, I really love the, uh, owner, owner occupancy requirement. I like that a bank can't own the house. Um, abstractly speaking. Oh, they can own it. They just won't rent out part of it. Yeah, sure. I, (laughs) fuck, (laughs) fuck. (laughs) Got you there. Damn it. Um, you know what? It's fine. Uh, you know, has anyone, um, I mean, Blake, maybe this is on your radar is, uh, are there any, uh, black rock houses in Lexington? I'm sure there have to be. Um, so I mean, there's, there's rock Daniels and his flipping in the North, uh, area, but, um, we have some, I mean, Anderson's like his own, yeah. like many black rock, the Anderson communities hell, we even have some in Ginwick. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so they're not. He wants uh, design standards for them. He said that in some meeting, mm-hmm. and my, I didn't say this to him, but my response was, "He needs design standards for his own damn houses." Yeah, um, or should I say, garages with rear living? But um, I was, is he the guy that um, who was uh, putting up that uh, one? They like tore down that church on Tate's Creek. Um, and they put up like five houses that are like garages with houses on top. It's probably him. Yeah. Um, there, there's a couple and he was doing one with the, uh, Andover where the, uh, golf course went bust because golf in 2020. Um, and the neighborhoods, actually like bought it like the neighborhood surrounding neighborhood associations all went in to buy the golf course Hell yeah <laughs> but then they suddenly had to like pay for the green space that they wanted they couldn't just complain about it yeah and damn it <laughs> so now they're they're actually building housing on it but he went to them because i remember him talking about it he went to them and he's like i can put in like apartments and we can get like 150 units that's going to give you the most money 
Of course, they didn't want that. Yeah, they're like, well, I don't want people. So, is there any is there any way to like put robots here? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was like rent. Yeah. they were like, can we do single family housing? And he's like, that's going to be stupid expensive and not give you much money. Yeah. Yo, you mean you want to do some non government subsidized single family zoning? Are you insane? <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. But um, yeah, there and there's actually one other like thing that really bugs me about this, and it's it's kind of a nit, but. There is a rule that um, because and I know why they did it, because they want to make this look as like stealth as possible. They don't want you to know that there's an ADU there Mm -hmm. because, you know, I don't know, delicate hearts or whatever. But you can't have even if you could like convert your, you know, front facing garage or whatever, you can't have two front doors on the the front plane oh of the my house. God. So if you are renting or living in the ADU, you have to like skulk around the side or through the back. I love that. No, that's so, a walk of shame. To get to your- <laughs> yeah, to get to your living. Like, oh, I couldn't afford the whole house, so uh, this is this is how I, I live here. We're actually very inclusive. The Polish can live in the ADUs. Yeah. <laughs> there was a big hubbub about um, whether or not you could put kitchens in there because they're they're oh. talking about that a lot at the meeting. Well, like that the that's kitchen. that's the current problem. So, you can make what's called a sleeping quarters. Hell yeah. Which is I could I could do like a detached bedroom with a bathroom. I just can't put a kitchen in it. What is a kitchen you might ask? Well, that's anything with like two appliances. What are appliances? Good luck. Um <laughs> the, I think the current like accepted definition is like the big things, like a stove, a fridge, um, or the, I th- they do something weird with sinks. Yeah. Well, cause I was going to say, I was like, you know, like dishwasher you really think about it, right? Like what is a sink and a shower, but two appliances, you have a kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> like you have a mini fridge and a microwave. Are those two appliances? So there's actually, cause, uh, my friend found it on Airbnb. There is what is essentially an ADU detached ADU. That's for, uh, rent on where it was on Airbnb. And it was essentially a hotel because it was like a hotel room with like the little tiny kitchenette because technically, like none of that's drawing any extra power and because you don't you don't need like the the 220 connection or whatever yeah. you can just plug it into any regular outlet. it had a mini fridge a hot plate and a microwave and i was like honestly you can get away with a lot with that i know yeah i i don't i mean i well, well i mean i'm i have a deep hatred for uh for like airbnbs um, that's understandable i uh i had a friend of mine um uh his dad was on a month to month lease at this apart um at this uh um house across the way from like the south and dairy on the other side of Nicholasville and um eventually he was a uh, uh the uh the landlord like owned there was like a garage that was attached to it but you had to pay extra for the garage and he's like I don't want the garage so the landlord like used the garage to like um to uh like like just store equipment in and shit um, and also like use power tools, but on the apartment's, uh, bill. So one day, um, uh, my friend's dad goes to, you know, like confront him about this. And then the next, uh, and like a few, like a week later, he's like, uh, he's like, all right, you're out. Yeah. That monthly um, lease is now not being renegotiated. Yeah. And now, um, and what it is now, of course, is you had instantly Airbnb ified. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, on one guy and it's like a duplex. So like on one guy who still lives there, um, you know, which is renting, um, probably also on a month to month, but, uh, next to it, he's like, um, you know, there's your threat. I will Airbnb you. Yep. Um, but, 
And that was something they talked about a lot at the meeting too, is the Airbnb for the um, for the ADUs. Have you tried city council? You all like can make laws. You all know that you can just you can we can solve the Airbnb. Give me a ring. I mean, we can work on the the whole Airbnb thing if that's an issue for you. Right. And the biggest thing, which is kind of funny, is they the complaint now is enforcement. Like, okay, you have these rules, but how are you going to enforce them? It's almost Uh, like the rules don't matter. Well, it's because they're they're complaint driven, like most all code enforcement, because we don't have our own private gestapo to like peer in windows to count how many people are living there yeah you know what i think a complaint enforced economy is generally fine um you know uh where who would we where would we personally be without the uh all the many times we've skirted by regulation by the fact that no one gave a shit yep um so you know maybe the maybe the um the last stand against fascism is just a complaint-based enforcement policy. Yeah, so that that's where they're currently like, okay, you want to do a conditional use permit that has mm-hmm. to go through the BOA, which is... My, my thing is, like, we're bogging down ADUs with a hell of a lot of stuff for things that you can do now in other units just fine. Yeah. You have a duplex. You don't have to live in either one of the units to yeah. rent it out. You just have to do the weird business license thing that they mm-hmm. instituted two years ago now um, for an Airbnb. Like you don't have to do a conditional use permit. Yeah. So it's kind of insane. And again, like I said, we have ADUs today. I this is what my public comment was on, and that was completely ad hoc because I couldn't let Walt and Amy get up there without uncontested. Um, but. That's it. I'm going up. Yeah, that, that was literally like I, I saw Walt stand up and I was like, God damn it. I have to get up there now. But um, this guy is probably let me guess, probably also a Civic Lex guy. They're also no, guys. no. These, 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 these guys are very much not a Civic, oh, Civic Lex people. This is they are uh, what you should really hate. The Fayette County Neighborhood Council. Oh, these FCNC yeah. who bill themselves as like this umbrella nonprofit organization for all neighborhoods yeah. in Lexington. Side note, and I've, I've said this once in a uh, planning commission public comment, which uh, Walt did not appreciate. Uh, I was like, and for the record, my neighborhood association is not part of it. And the chairman's like, and what neighborhood association is that? I was like, uh, Kenwick. You, yeah. you may have heard of it. Yeah, you may you may know of this place. If you, they keep talking about this Kenwick place. <laughs> yeah. So they, um, he, they, they just don't like renters. They're very much, and there are a lot of... Uh, neighborhood organizations around uh, UK because mm. as evident in the last story last episode with the ever encroaching um, yeah. eating of housing um, it is a real problem uh, but we have really like tepid responses to it mm. and it also doesn't help that UK doesn't have to apply to like zoning doesn't apply to them they yeah. can do whatever the fuck they want now, if only there were some cool people at UK that were making use of this very cool idea. If only there were people at UK that could make laws. <laughs> if only there were people that were both at UK and on the city council. And that way it wouldn't matter either way what and you And there might be do. people running for city council. <sighs> yeah, folks, it's, uh, there's uh, you know too many variables. We'll never know. Um, yeah, so there's a, there's a big... Uh, weird public hearing thing um that was one of those parliamentarian discussions that went on for like 20 minutes we do a public hearing yeah well they were like i want to do 
a committee meeting, but we have all council members that even the ones that aren't on the committee and we just hear them talk about ADUs, but then we don't do anything because that's, that's a common complaint with public comment because it happens so late in the process. Yeah. A lot of people get like annoyed because they're like, Hey, I don't like this because of this. If this changed, I would like it. They don't see that change happen because it's so far in the process. It's already like, it's a yes, no kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so the purpose of this meeting, and I, I should know the date of it. It's September like September 14th. Yeah. September 14th. So if, yeah. So they're five, five thirty five. I'm on the case. Okay. <laughs> parliamentarians, if they're not making any votes, do they even have to declare it a meeting? Can they not just chill in the zone? It's, um, cause all right. I mean, there's no, like, well, it, it, it's, I don't know what this is. Like, I don't know legally what this meeting <laughs> is. It's just like extra public comment because the, the last meeting was supposed to be, Hey, it's been a pandemic or so since uh-huh. we last talked about this and we have new council members. Yeah. Let's get them back up to speed on what's going on. And one of the things I'm afraid is they're going to, um, there's been pushback against the detached structures. That's what a lot of the complaints have been around because, um, one of the things that planning did was any accessory building right now only has to be 1.5 feet away from the property line, mm. otherwise known as a setback. Um, oh, this is great. So you could build your accessory dwelling unit in front of your house. Technically. I've t- I have my big... There suburban. might be a rule saying that it can't be in front of the house. That's a very... Or like the accessory structure. That could be a very funny way of um, of uh, illuminating lawns is that you uh, you put the ADU in front and now everyone's got courtyards. You could, you could build whole ass houses in front of some of the houses in like Chevy Chase or whatnot and yeah. you would not know. Yeah. It's you could build a new house and say, hey, my old house is the ADU now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, oh, some of the other requirements that I forgot to mention was it has an 800 square feet max or 50% of the primary structure square footage. So if you have an 800 square foot house, you can only build a 400 square foot ADU. Hell yeah. Okay, go team. Yeah. September 14th of five. I also have to note Council that um, I was I was on the Herald Leaner website, uh, you know, looking this up. And of course, this article I see, you what? know, we're talking we're talking about these robots God and they're just kind of so cute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So cute. <laughs> I, I, God, oh, fuck. You know, my other complaint, since we're just complaining about Herald Leader, um, the, every time they talk about ADUs, they use that same fucking photo. Oh, the, oh yeah, the same photo. And they always tell, call them granny house. Granny oh, flats, yeah. From granny uh, well, that, that's because that's what a common term yeah. that is often used it's not like i don't i don't I've know why mother-in-law suite. mother-in-law suite well so the biggest thing and a lot of people will be like wait a minute there's plenty of houses with second kitchens and i'm like yes but you can walk to them you can walk from one kitchen to the other without going outside yeah. the second you put up a wall between them oh it's a second unit and you know that violates you know terrible single family zoning okay a tenants union where you just have to be okay that your apartments are just connected by an unlocked door <laughs> so to, to give you an idea of like absurd zoning shit yeah as we've mentioned multiple times i live in kenwick uh-huh. i at the start of the pandemic had two wonderful twins uh-huh. um Good don't team. yeah don't recommend it during a pandemic in addition to my already at the time three-year-old so now i have a four-year-old and two one-year-olds mm-hmm. the bungalow is a little tight yeah. Um, but since everything property value wise has gone up, it's not like I can tap into that extra equity when I sell my house because it would just go to the 
purchase price of another place. Also, we really like where we live. Mm -hmm. We don't want to move out in the middle of nowhere. Um, I'm zoned R2, which allows for duplexes, hence the two. But because of the stupid parking requirements, if you have a single family house Uh anywhere in the city, doesn't matter if it is a tiny ass like shotgun downtown Mm -hmm. or some eight 20 bedroom monstrosity out in Hartford or whatever. Yeah. Legally, you need to have at least one off street parking spot that can be a parking pad. That can be a driveway, whatever. doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. The second you make a duplex, it's two per unit and you need all the maneuvering space. So like, even though my driveway Mm -hmm. is long enough to fit like three, four cars, because it runs almost the length of my property doesn't count. So what I'm hearing is that you need to create sort of a, um, uh, parking structure. Yeah, um, I, I need to pave over, which is another common complaint you'll hear about the developments happening in the neighborhoods is they'll be like, they made it a duplex and they paved over the backyard. That's not doing anything good for stormwater, blah, blah, blah. And But what nobody acknowledges is that the city requires that because even if you live in the infill and redevelopment area, yeah. um, which I do, you can only because it's it's literally said in there that you can only request a variance up to fifty percent yeah. forgiveness for the parking. So I would still need two parking spaces, and once you have that, like my lot is not that big. Could you get away with that sort of um, like concrete lattice work that like the Henry Clay Estate has for parking? Um, so it just looks like. Grass. Oh no, you can't even have like gravel. There's like really weird things. Even if you want to just have like a gravel driveway Damn or gravel it. lot, it's like incredible like you have to be grandfathered in pretty much god damn it (laughs) so even though like i would like to do a second floor addition with a walk-up apartment yeah part one like one to help pay for the addition Mm -hmm. but also practice what i preach increased density more kenwickians yeah um (laughs) no (laughs) the worst news ever blake all becomes a landlord yeah oh yeah i'm getting canceled this episode (laughs) the only way he can ever make it up to us is to offer lame the apartment um for 20 bucks a month um, L- lame studio slash Jenry can live in Lexington again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you're saving, you're saving the environment by preventing me from driving 60 miles a day. Imagine oh Nicholasville Road without Jenry. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I think Jenry wants to imagine Nicholasville Road without Jenry. Yeah, but so that's like the big thing. It's like even though I am already zoned for two units. I couldn't do it if I wanted to, unless I either pave over or I could just make a, a locked door in between the two units. Now that's good. And technically have like a stealth duplex or something. That's great. Yeah. No, you could do, um, get Dutch doors, right? Oh, there you go. And you go, oh, officer, I forgot to, unlo- I forgot to lock the bottom one. <laughs> and now everyone, you just can just crawl through here. <laughs> <laughs> Damage injuries crawling through the house again. Perfect for hobbits. Yeah. I'm just walking. I'm like, hey guys, what's up? I'm just getting off the floor. Well, it's fun. It's fun too because I'm so much taller than you. <laughs> Whoa! I don't. I don't know. There's such a thing as height in this podcasting space. Yeah. Oh, I will okay. say, I had never seen you all like together, so I had no idea. Like, I had never seen you in person before, so I had no idea. Yeah. But to just quickly address like the common complaints against ADUs. Yeah, One, yeah. not, and I've written op-eds about this. Mm-hmm. So it was very Saturday. Um, wait, did he write one about? I think he wrote I, one. 
He might have a long, long time yeah. ago, I think. When this first went around, I think, because that was the first time I wrote, I was like, God damn it, I have to, because with the <laughs> Imagine Nicholasville Rhodes shit came up, I was like, do I have to write another rebuttal? Yeah. And I did. But um, not any one neighborhood or any one street is going to see a lot of these. Um, they're still pretty expensive on a per unit basis mm-hmm. compared to literally any other sort of apartment building or anything. Um, most, well, especially with the owner occupied landlords aren't going to, I don't know, increase housing in existing neighborhoods. Um, but most people can do an addition that's larger than the 800 square feet. Like they could legally do that now. Nice. <laughs> um, the funny thing is that, that I mentioned the sleeping quarters. You can build that. Mm-hmm. You can build that right now. Nice. 1.5 feet from the property line. You know, you, you can do a lot of that now, but they're expensive. So there's not going to be a lot. The financing, not everybody's going to have the space to do it. Not everybody's going to have the financing for it. Not everybody's going to want them. So I expect, even if this passed tomorrow as it is right now, we would see maybe like, I mean, if Portland only got 19 in two years, yeah, we we're going to get like three. We get one. Yeah, Mine. One, yeah, one of them would be yours. Um, and you wouldn't be making any money because um, uh, it subsidizes the, the lame part. Yeah, because you're you're doing you're doing it for a political motivation. So I've, I've pulled up I've pulled up the op-ed chain here. Oh we're no! Starting, uh, <laughs> fuck. We're starting in August 2019. Dave Cooper at 2 oh, p.m. Fuck. takes me back, man. I have an email thread with him. Yeah, yeah. It starts at 2 p.m. Allowing granny flats, tiny homes could cause havoc in areas near UK. After that, we have um, Nikki Foros Stematiadis. Oh, the UK professor. Yeah. I remember that one. Um, and he and he talks about a little bit more of that. And then he also references uh, yours. It was published on August 23rd. So for about a month there, you have like four people, three or four people. That was like when... Forth. I think that was when it was in front or... or First being discussed in front of planning commission. Yeah. Oh, wow. August 23rd, almost exactly two years to the date. Yep. Crazy. You knew when you wrote that op-ed that two years to the day you would be on the late podcast. <laughs> Didn't even exist yet. I knew about it. Yeah. It manifested. Okay. Um, so, yeah, in short... Um, uh, write the, your council members, write the at-large council members. Just, just walk up to them on the street. I found that surprisingly effective. Yeah, that's all. That works out. That works out well for you, I guess. Um, you, you can go to Liz's ARPA meetings where I was the only person and just hang out with oh, her and her aide. Yeah, that's great. Um, <laughs> you know, I wish I could have. I wish I could have gone to that I ARPA know. meeting. Um, if you're if you're listening to the podcast and you didn't uh, see the Twitter, I couldn't make it to the ARPA meeting, but. I was there in spirit. Yeah. Um, I obviously, of course, can't be showing my face in a town like this. Um, so, you know, I've, I've been I've been on the land. Well, you, had, you had prior obligations as well. Well, yeah, of course. Um, I'm, I don't know. I mean, my advice to the city council, as always, um, full communism now, uh, I feel like I'm being very reasonable with this ask. Um, I don't know. It doesn't seem that hard to me, guys. <laughs> Like any any other thoughts about ADUs, about the city of Lexington, about life? Uh, I mean, they're literally the smallest, tiniest step we can do for to address the housing shortage. And we're big on 
tiny, meaningless steps. Yeah, like it's it is borderline. It, it's almost it's as close to performative, but not quite because something might actually get built. Yeah as possible so i'm going to come to this meeting and i'm like guys you need to do this for me personally i've been promised to live in this <laughs> space uh and i <laughs> guys i want a house i will vote for all of you um if you uh all of you personally individually oh my uh, my public comment is going to include something about how most of the people saying no to this is the people that like bought their houses 30 years ago when yeah. like housing was affordable and now they're pulling up the yeah ladder on their kids and grandkids the politics of this you can vote no but you have to give me a time machine so i can get in on the gi bill and that's (laughs) and if if that's if you're cool with that i'm cool with that i'm fine but i need i need to get in on this i it was at the is that the public comment where the people who you would think would be for the adus were against and people who were against you think would be against work for the ADUs, and it was a weird opposite land. And you're like, who, who are all of these people that are supposed mm. to be representing? You us? go, it's oh so no, weird. wait a second, no one here is a principled Marxist. No one has any larger framework. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, it's it. Housing politics is one of those things that like spans ideologies because yeah. you'll have you know small government conservatives who are like no i want the government to be able to tell me and my neighbors that they can't build duplexes yeah but then you'll have progressives who are like have their you know refugees welcome signs yeah. but then don't want any construction that would actually yeah. give them housing i mean i like to joke in this podcast that like the conservative ideology is best summated as just like rights beginning and ending at you personally but um that's definitely a larger part of the american concept which is i think why conservatives are so successful in this country is that ev- is that almost everyone is um in, in some way or another believes that they're per- that uh that uh human rights begin and end at them in some ways and uh, housing is i think just a great um just a great example um a great example of stuff like this um meanwhile ladies and gentlemen me comma in a way literally homeless begging someone give me someone give me an apartment for well below the market rate preferably in, in kenwick preferably preferably in a walkable neighborhood i mean i look look beggars can't be choosed <laughs> and on that note it's happened again it's happened again. Well, you've wasted another perfectly good hour and a half. Yeah. Well, you know, it could be Wayne. worse. We really thought this was going to be two hours. So mm-hmm. it always grows with housing mm-hmm. this way. Yeah. Our esteemed executive producer is Charlie Carey. Our stickers are designed by Claire Thompson, clairethompsonart.com. You can follow us on Twitter at LamePod. You can email us your comments, questions, concerns, complaints, death threats, legal notices. Oh, all right. LexLamePod at gmail.com. Any robot intel. If Any you forgot about intel. that, we talked about that at the beginning of the episode. Oh, tipped robot pictures. That's what you want to. Yeah. Blake, where can people find you? Um, I'm on Twitter at Blake S. Hall, but also uh, I write occasionally about housing at buildabetterlex.com, which also has a Twitter. Um, yeah. And see me at city meetings complaining about NIMBYs. Yeah. Good shit. Um, and even though Blake Hall buys... Uh, 10 foot tall hummers so he can't see the pedestrians just so he can just so he can run over the two of us doing oh, lame <laughs> okay hold on i have a better one can i do mine yeah do it and even though blake hall's wife calls lame his little fan club every time she's we gonna say, love that <laughs> this is lame all right okay that's a podcast